Kislev. Yom Rishon, Hetav Shin Gimel Chav Kislev. Top of the page A. And again, we're going to read the Shiurim. Chumish Vayeshev Asher Rishenim Berish Rashi. Tilt to the Zayin Tel Kuv Gimel and Tanya as Kamas Alabanim Zalivga. Hatfasas Sefer Shalbeinim Tanya. The printing of the book of Beinim, which is the Tanya. Let's stop right here. Rabbi Sai. Was the life of the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe was a man of unbelievable achievement. I told this to you a few times. There's a letter from the Rebbe, a Gesundheit to Rabbi Zeve, where he writes about the Alter Rebbe, Reize Ish Apil Ahapele. See, behold, a man of wonder. The achievements of the Alter Rebbe's life are, are unbelievable. He did so many great things, so many. Things that each one of them would make him a revolutionary, would make him one of the great contribu- contributors to Teira and to Yiddish life. But he did multiple things: the Tanya, the Shulchan Aruch. He made Tikkunim and Minhagim and Avel Asidid on a shin on a break. But without question, Masas Nafish Alabenu Azok in the life of the Alter Rebbe was the Sefer Tanya Kaddish. As I told you the story many times, when he came to the Magid of Mizrich, he was either 18 and a half or 19 and a half or whatever, close to 19 or close to 20 approximately. And the Magid told him in simple words or in other words, I've been waiting for you. The Baal Shem Tev told me about you. And the Baal Shem Tev told me that I should wait for you to come to me. I'm not allowed to go look for you. And then he told him, the Baal Shem Tev left me messages for you. And here they are. And the Maggid gave the Alter Rebbe a series of messages from the Holy Baal Shem Tev. Beginning, of course, with the message of his Nishama, Who his Nishama is. Where the Nishama comes from. It's a Nishama Chadasha. A new Nishama, as we discussed a bunch of times. And what is the purpose of this new Nishama in this world? And the Maggid gave the Alter Rebbe a series of messages in Halek and Baal Shem Tev about his mission. And in a phrase, in one line, the mission of the Alter Rebbe was to take Chesidus Akolos, Chesidus, which the Holy Baal Shem Tev brought into the world. And the Mazicher Magid developed, expounded upon, and the mission of the Alter Rebbe was to bring it into Apnimius, to make it something which a person can internalize like food, as a pl- opposed to something which a person can experience by association, by being enveloped, like walking into a mist, or walking into a cloud, where it surrounds you and it hugs you and embraces you, but it's only outside of you. The Alter Rebbe introduced Chidis Chabad, and the purpose of Chidis Chabad is La'afoshalah, the Chassidis should be Mosei, not just lavush, a garment, but actual nourishment that you can understand in your mind and bring into your heart and into your soul and into your life and into your body to the point of la'afoshalah to being creative in Chassidus. And this was the mandate that the Maggid gave the Alter Rebbe. His job is to take Chassidus and bring it to the person in a way that it can become his own. In other words, by the Maggid and by the Baal Shem Tif, for most people, Chassidus was only by association. There was a Tzaddik, a Rebbe, and the Shamiklolis, a God will be a throw who was a, who was a chassid, a real chassid, be'emes a chassid, who was filled with the light and warmth of the Rosh teachings of Hasidus, which of course are anchored in Avas Yisrael, love of fellow Jew. And everybody else benefited from that Hasidus by association. Like it says in Chumash Rashi, Hashem says Avram Avinu, move. So Avram says, why? So he gives them an example of a person who has a pushka plumin. Uh, no. A box. <laughs> that I could have said myself. <laughs> of incense. You keep it sitting on the shelf. Nobody 
nobody benefits from it. You shake it, and it's wonderful aroma wafts out into the atmosphere, nobody benefits. You're sitting in one place as Abraham Avinu, nobody benefits from your light, from your sweetness, from your pleasantness. Spread your aroma around. So there was an Indian from Hasidus by association that Sadiq gives off that wonderful, beautiful, warm, sweet, holy smell that many people are touched by. But it always remains that Sadiq's Hasidus and the Hasid simply has it by association. The Al-Tareb packaged Hasidus in a way where every person can take Hasidus like food, ingest it and make it their own. Tadis, Hasidus, Chabad. And the essence, the Gerlis HaKesedis, the crown, the, the, the Neshama, the highest point, the truest point of what is Hasidus is manifest in the Tanya. The Tanya is called the Tadish of Iksav of Hasidus, the written Tadish, the Bible of Hasidus. And again, you know what the Rebbe says in the Sikhs, Tanya is not the Bible of Hasidus Chabad. It's the Bible of Tadish of Iksav of all of Hasidus. All Hasidus, the Nisham of Hasidus is found in the Tanya, beginning with the Baal Shem And the Rebbe says, just like Abraham studied Tadish before Tadish was given, Mayach studied Tadish before Tadish was given, Adam studied Tadish before Tadish was given, the Baal Shem and the Maggid studied Tadish before the Tanya, before the Tanya. The Tanya is the Tanya Shabbat is the written Tanya of all of Chassidus. And it took the Altarebbe 20 years to write the Tanya. The Altarebbe put his whole kishkis, his whole neshama, his whole essence into the Tanya. And uh, as a result, it took him 20 years. It says in a, letter, a story, in a letter of reading it up, the Altarebbe once sat six weeks decide whether to put a particular vov into the Tanya. Six weeks, the Al-Tarebbe said to his son, to his grandson, to the Rebbe, that every time he wanted to write a vav a letter vav, which combines two words, he thought over the entire book, the entire safe. Six weeks. And don't forget, the Tanya is only the first two sections of our Tanya. Our Tanya has five sections. The last three sections were added later, as I'll explain momentarily, as the Rebbe can say the name of today. But only the first two, the Lakuti Amarim and the Shari Yechazam, were not Rebbe 20 years preparing. Yes, go ahead. You're right. On a certain level, it's Amunah. The Rebbe said it's Tani Tejah B'Ksav. We have no kashas. <laughs> but learn it and you'll see. The, what do we know about, what does the, the Rebbe Rashab told the Fridiki Rebbe? The Rebbe Rashab learned Tanya with the Fridiki Rebbe several times. And the first time they learned, so when they started learning, the Rebbe Rashab said to the Fridiki Rebbe, the Tanya is like the Chumash. What's the difference between the Chumash and other books? I'm asking you a question. what it is. Tell me, show me how it's different than other books. You asked me about the Tanya. I believe that the... What are the Chumash? Where do you see the... But your question was, where do you see it? Right? How do you see it in the Sefer? How is it different? No. So I'm asking you the same kind of skeptical question. How do you see it? You learn it and you'll see it. If you learn it a little bit, you're not going to see it. If you learn it and you learn it... The thing about Chumash is everybody can understand it and nobody can master it. Chumash is written a child can learn Chumash. And the greatest geniuses are still trying to figure out the secrets of the Chumash. It's an infinite book. The Tanya is the same thing. Tanya is unique in its simplicity. It's available to the simple person. On 
the other hand, within the Tanya, you have the secrets of the Tater which are endless. And you can learn and learn and learn and learn and never finish finding the depth of the Tanya. I told you this many times that the Alpha Rebbe was once caught learning the Tanya. And they asked him, they asked the Alpha Rebbe, why are you learning the Tanya? You're the author of the Tanya. And the Alpha Rebbe said about his own work, When I read this book, I see more news than I heard from my Rebbe in Mizrich. The Alpha Rebbe said, I see more in the Tanya than heard from his Rebbe. Now the Tanya is based on what he heard from his Rebbe. So how could the Tanya have more than what he heard in Mizrif? The Tanya says the Abish to help. The Tanya was written by Rukh Al-Kaidish. And in the Tanya you have all the deepest secrets, the greatest wealth of Chesidus is embedded, is hinted in the Tanya. I'll tell you, Nochavot. Another time, Chesidim came to the Alter Rebbe and they asked the Alter Rebbe to say Amaymish. Now the Alter Rebbe in the last 10 or 11 years of his life was very generous. He could say Chesidus three, four times a week, if you know what that means. But the Alter Rebbe in the last years of his life, the Alter Rebbe was in such a state of joy. After his second arrest and liberation, when Alter Rebbe moved to Liadi, there was a perpetual joy. The Alter Rebbe was in a, a very, Alter Rebbe felt like he won all of his battles. The beginning of their life is hard, but the end of their life is pleasant. The Alter Rebbe's end of his life was extremely, extremely happy. And he was very generous. He gave and he gave and he gave and he gave. See this, on a shin, on a break. Anyway, one day Chesidim came to the Alter Rebbe and they asked him for a maimer. So the Alter Rebbe said, Gazetten Viltir, Latin Tanya, Ich zogach zu, as von Tanya keme seine Chosse da Zevi Avraham Avinu. Alter Rebbe said, you need Gazetten, what's a Gazette? It's a daily paper, everyday news. <laughs> Yesterday's news is not good for today. That's the thing about a newspaper is, the old paper is worth nothing, it's worth the garbage. So you need Dafka, new Maimed, no the last, the Maimed from last week is old. You need a new one. Learn Tanya, he says. From the Tanya, it can be a chotzer like Avraham Avinu. The Alter Rebbe said this. This is the Tanya. But in any event, the Alter Rebbe spent 20 years writing the Tanya. But it's a little bit of a complicated statement when you say that the Alter Rebbe spent 20 years writing the Tanya. I don't, I'm not sure, I should be very careful I word this, if this is literally true that he took a pen in a certain year, it started writing and 20 years later he finished because actually the Tanya went through a number of stages, a number of evolutions a number of forms and it seems to me that these different forms are all a part of the 20 years which the previous Rebbe writes about that it took the Alter Rebbe to write the Tanya initially the Tanya was Yechidus you all know the life and times of the Alter Rebbe some more, some less, but everybody knows the life and times of the Alter Rebbe the Alter Rebbe was around 20 when he discovered Hasidus and the Alter Rebbe was looking for the truth Al-Tarebbe was an unbelievable man. Al-Tarebbe was a person who was always haunted by the fact that he never worked hard. As a young man, Al-Tarebbe was haunted by the fact that he never had to struggle. Everything came easy to him. Whatever he learned, whatever kind of relationship with the Abish he tried to develop, and the Havel, every knowledge of all secular learning was easy to him like a child reading a picture book. He never worked hard. And when he decided as a young man of either 18 and a half or 19 and a half to go out into the world and look for a Rebbe, he meant to ask 
Malkim. The Rebbe teach me how to work hard. Now to teach the Alter Rebbe how to work hard, you have to understand the Alter Rebbe. To understand the Alter Rebbe, you have to be greater than the Alter Rebbe. And the Eivish did, his kindness led the Alter Rebbe to Mezrish. Alter Rebbe, as you know the story, he was struggling. He said, I could go to Vilna, where they teach how to learn. I can go to Mezrich, where they teach how to daven. And he said, to learn I know a little. Alter Rebbe said, to learn I know a little. To daven I don't know at all. And he elected to go to Mezrich. And he came to Mezrich. And the story is that when he came to Mezrich, he made a hachlota, a resolution. That even if he sees taka davening, connection to Hashem, but he doesn't see scholarship, he doesn't see tithe, he's going to leave. And he stayed three weeks, and he left. He saw unbelievable tefillah, he saw the Magid, and the Chavraya Kaddish, the holy tzaddikim of the Magid, the great giants davening, and he said, this is daka davening, this is what davening means, to be attached to the Eivishter. But he didn't see tithe, so he left. And he forgot a kerchief, a nostichum. And at that stage in his life, he couldn't afford to be without it. So he went back to get it. And he walked. He walked there and he walked back. And he walked into Beis with a woman. Mamish alongside a woman who came in with a chicken. And she came in with this chicken as the Holy Magid and the Chavraya Kaddisha were finishing Trilat Shachris. The Magid was wrapping up his Rebbe Tamsun. And she came over to the Magid and she showed him the chicken. And the Magid took the chicken and he looked at it. And he called over some of his Talmidim, the famous Bali Nigle, the Badichever, the Bram Kaliske, the Mendel And they had a four-hour discussion about the cashes of this chicken. And the Rebbe never heard such scholarship in his life. And this is when he decided to stay in Mezrich. And he went into the Magad, like I told you earlier, and the Magad told him all kinds of messages that the Baal left for him. But the Baal Shem Tev told the Magad, The Baal Shem Tev said, I had self-sacrifice that he should not know me. Er is Dainesh. He belongs to you, the Baal Shem Tev told the Magad. But you must wait for him to come to you on your own. And the Magid waited five years until the Alter Rebbe finally came. And the Magid gave more kinds and instructions. Again, he told them what his Shadish Neshama was and why his Neshama came into this world and what is his mission and so on. And again, it all surrounds the Tanya. Was a madrich, was a teacher of Jews <laughs> as a boy before Bar Mitzvah Mistam. I'm sorry. But certainly much before the Al Rebbe ever went to Mizrich, before he knew about Hasidus, the Al Rebbe had a following. And I've told you these stories many times. The Alter Rebbe had insisted, this is much unbelievable, in those days, London scholars, Talmudic scholars, married wealthy, rich people wanted sons-in-law, and they had tremendous derecherets, they were very proud of their sons-in-law, they honored them. And they were given a dowry. The dowry was a huge sum of money. By today's standards, you give a person a quarter of a million dollars, a half a million dollars. And the money was invested in what was called a heteriske, into a silent partnership. 
and they were free to sit and learn for five years, for ten years, for fifteen years, whatever was negotiated. By the time they read the into the world, that seed money had multiplied, and they were able to start very lucrative businesses. And in many cases, the kinds of businesses which didn't even require day-to-day hands-on involvement, so they could literally learn their whole life with this dowry money. When the Alfred Ebbing was married to his Rebetz, the Rebetz Stenner, she was the richest girl in the whole of white Russia. And he was given the largest dowry that anybody had ever been given. 10,000 rubles. They're giving a person today a few million dollars as dowry. And Alfred Ebbing negotiated with his father-in-law and with his kala as a precondition to the engagement that the entire money was given to Tzedakah. Every nickel. He lent it out to people to help people start Panosa. But when he needed the money, he didn't have one penny from it. Every penny was lost, gone. And when people came to learn, Tate of Malfred, Malfred made the same condition with them. They take the whole dowry and give it away, not to Tzedakah, but to Gmach, which is even bigger. Theoretically, he would get their money back, but Malfred didn't get one nickel from his dowry when he needed it. He didn't have it. And if they wouldn't agree to the condition, he wouldn't teach them Tate. Altareba had a whole following of Yunalites who they and their wives, of course, had that kind of Mercedes Nefesh to give away what was really, it wasn't savings. It was the foundation of their financial life to to learn under the tutelage of Altareba. All this before he ever met Hasidus. So you're talking about Altareba as a 15-year-old, as a 14-year-old boy, he was a master, he was a teacher of men, of giants of Tater, the greatest Jews in Belarus, in, Mal- in Belarus, white Russia, came to study under him. And he taught them not only Nigla, he taught them Kabbalah. And what was interesting about it was that the style of Kabbalah that Alfred Abba taught was very Chabad-like. It was very similar to the way he would teach Chassidus a half a century later. In other words, he was teaching Kabbalah in the style of a philosophical understanding, the intellectual Chassidus Chabad uh, approach. Forget about before he learned Chassidus. Before he learned Chassidus Chabad. Before he ever heard of Chassidus, he taught Kabbalah in what would become his style of teaching Chassidus Chabad. Very intellectual, very philosophical. And he taught them how to daven. And the Al-Tarebbe was known as a Shaloyid. Before the Al-Tarebbe ever met Mizrich, see this, he was a servant of God. Al-Tarebbe was a servant of God. And understand that for a genius of his caliber, that's not so simple. People who have the kind of minds of the Al-Tarebbe feel like they're God. Like, you know, like like Chvesbat, like Alexander of Macedonia, like Napoleon, Lahavu. When you're so bright, when your mind is so infinite, you get carried away with yourself. And that's where you create all this all of these movements of apocursus and questioning Taita and being smarter than God. But Al-Tarebbe was a servant of the Rebishter. And the, the greater his mind was, the humbler he was before God, not the greater he was in his own eyes. And he was a servant of the Abishtish. And he served Hashem, Api Kabbalah, according to the secrets of the Tehidah, specifically the Kabbalah of the Shalom. And he davened with the Kabbalahs of the Shalom. The Shalom said it. Now, Trabu was called a Shalom Yid. There's a whole story. He told the Tzemach Tzedek, but Tzemach Tzedek was nine. Tzemach Tzedek finished his quota for the day. It took him 15 minutes. He went outside to play. Now, Trabu took a stick and he gave him a few clap. Not 
Nazir, Ava, Nazir, Yir. I told you the story many times. I'm giving you Ava, Hashem, love of God, fear of God. Why do I wish my grandfather gave me a few more? He hit him on his shoulder, off the plate. A few more such patch. Because every patch, the Altarebbe said, Nazir, Ava, Nazir, I'm giving you love of God, I'm giving you fear of God. And Altarebbe told him that when he was nine years old, when he was too tired to learn, he memorized Siddish Allah. You forget about Siddish Allah. You don't know how to read the words. But when he was too tired, it took him three months. It's Ayyuh Khabda Siddish Allah. Altarebbe was a Shalayid. And at the age of 18 and a half or 19 and a half, the Altarebbe decided to go into Golos to serve Hashem under conditions of. Al-Tarebbe never worried in his life. His father was rich. His in-laws were filthy rich. And he lived, I mean, he was the Al-Tarebbe, but he, he had every luxury. And as was the tradition in those days by many G'deli Yisrael, to go out into exile, where you live like a beggar, Mamash. You live from hand to mouth. And then he came to him as a Chamagat because he wanted a Rebbe. A Rebbe doesn't mean someone teaches him Taira. A Rebbe means someone who teaches him how to serve the Eivishtah, to connect to the Eivishtah. This is why the Al-Tarebbe wants him as rich. And for a person of the Al-Tarebbe's giant, al greatness that was, it, it's very lonely to be on the top. It's a lot more comfortable down here with the regular people. <laughs> Believe me, not that I know, but I'm telling you, the Al-Tarebbe needed a Rebbe. And in Mezich, I think the Lashon is, he found a lot more than he bargained for. The Al-Tarebbe was very, very satisfied spiritually and therefore psychologically by what he found by the Holy Rebbe, by the Mezich Magid. And he became a follower of the great Magid of Mezich, a Talmud, a student, a disciple, a follower. He gave away his life for his discussions, for his attachedness to his great Rebbe, the Mezich Magid. And the Maggid taught him Hasidus. And the Maggid gave him the mandate, the Maggid gave him the mission of translating Hasidus into a Pneumius form, to internalize Hasidus, to make it into a Chabad Hasidic form, as I mentioned before. When the Maggid, during the lifetime of the Maggid, when he came back to Vitev from Ezrich, he started to teach his followers the Hasidus that he learned by his holy master. And they became his Hasidim. Reasons which we're not going to go into now, the Altarebbe was forced to move, he had to leave Vitebsk, and he moved to Lajna, to Lajna, where he was paid four rubles a week or five rubles a week. He became a beggar from being so comfortable. He had to leave his in law's home because his father in law wasn't happy with the fact that he had become a chassid, and he became a man who lived on an income of four or five rubles a week, nothing. And his following followed him to Lajna, and he continued to teach Avoyas Hashem, but now as it was infused, not just with Kabbalah, and the Kabbalah, the Shalom, but with the light of the Holy Baal Shem Tev and the Holy Magid. And he was a Mezich several times, where the Magid taught him and inspired him and gave him direction and told him his purpose. He started to write the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, was started yet in Mezich. During the lifetime of his Rebbe, he started to write the, the Shulchan Aruch, the code of law that Alter Rebbe would write. And he had a following. When the Magid passed away, the Alter Rebbe looked for a second Rebbe. And he chose the Magid's great son, the Bavram the Malach, the angel, became the Alter Rebbe's Rebbe. And again, the Alter Rebbe traveled like a chassid to whatever, and he had his own following. I mentioned to you once a very interesting letter from the Alter Rebbe to Bavram the Malach, to Bavram the angel. And he writes to him, I'm writing this to you in a letter because I don't want to have the chutzpah to tell it to you face to face. But I was mandated by your father before he passed away to look after your health. So it's my duty to warn you that you have to eat. You're not allowed to fast. 
You have to watch your health. He says, but pardon him, pardon him, I cannot. You're my rebbe. You're my teacher. You're my, my master. I cannot tell if you're face to face, but not to tell you you'll be violating our holy master. You're a great father. So I'm writing it to the It's a published letter from Alter Rebbe. It's very powerful. Avram the mouth didn't live very long. He either outlived his father. I saw two versions, either by two years or by four years. I would suspect Avram the mouth passed away less than two years after his father. He passed away in Alef Tishrei Tokuf Lamed Hay. In some place I saw Lamed Zayin, but I think some of it. And he again looked for a Rebbe, and he went to the Mendel of Itapke, the Mendel of Haradok. Like a Chassid Ghost Rebbe. But during all this time he had his own following. And when he would travel to his Rebbe for Yom Tif, for Tishrei, he would bring with him his following. So it was like a, 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 a Rebbe, and a Talmud, and Chassidim. And there are many stories about this piece of history which is not a part of our discussion. But the Alter Rebbe continuously claimed he needs a Rebbe. At the same time, he was teaching many great giants of Teda how to serve the Abish, the Alpi, Darkish, and according to the teachings of the Balshemtev, but insisting that he's teaching it to them not as a Rebbe, but as a Talmud. The Mendel of Itipsker decided to move to Israel and Alter Rebbe moved with him. He sold his house and his belongings and he traveled to go to, with his Rebbe to Israel. And his followers said to Rebbe, <laughs> you make us a Tachsidim and you drop us like a hot potato. You made us Tachsidim, now you're going to leave us like this out here in the cold and litter with the Mesnagdim we're trying to destroy Chassidus. So the Rebbe said, you're right. But I still need a Rebbe myself and Chayach HaKoyimim and a person's allowed to think about himself first. And more people came and more people complained that how do you abandon us? Russia was Litvish territory. You create Chassidus and then you run off and you leave us by ourselves. So after many, many, many people complained and after a lot of events including they met told the aggregation I told you the story many times the Alter Rebbe was convinced and he went back to Europe to, to White Russia and he again settled in Lozhna for the same five rubles a week or maybe they gave him five and a half although he could have settled in Vitebsk in big cities and had millions because of his death of gratitude his Akkara Satev he went back to Lozhna which had he was born in Lozhna and he had spent most of his life except for a few years where his family moved from Lozhna to Lubavitch he had a debt of gratitude to the Lozhna Kehila Kadisha so he went back and he lived in Lozhna and he radiated light and Tate and Hasidus from Lozhna but now we didn't have a Rebbe his Rebbe was in Etisrael and he corresponded with his Rebbe and um, he writes in the introduction to the Tanya that some of the ideas in the Tanya come from the correspondence, from the letters that he received from his holy masters in the holy land. Some of the ideas now are hinted to wise people. The letters that we received from Abisainu, Shabbat, Akedish, Nibonavis, Akedish, Medeminuami, this goes on the Mendel Ardak and Abram Kalaski. When you say, I've ever spent 20 years writing the Tanya, you can either say that the 20 years begin when the Magid passed away, which means that it ends when the Tanya was written, or you could say that the 20 years begin when the Mendel HaRadakar moved to Eretz Yisrael, so the 20 years end when the Magid was not written, but published. Okay? So, in other words, it either is from Tafkuf Lamed Gimbal to Tafkuf Nun Be'ez Be'erech, from 1772 till about 1792, or from about 1778 till about 1798 to 97. 
in any event, it's after about 20 years to write the Tanya. But this notion of 20 years doesn't mean literally, I think, I don't know this for sure, I think, I believe, Irdeng, that he sat down on the first day and wrote the first word Tanya, and 20 years later, <laughs> he wrote, I don't believe that's what it means. Rather, it means the Al-Tarebbe was, was was immersed in the reality of the Tanya for those 20 years. The first version, the first draft, the first condition of the Tanya was Yechidus. The Al-Tarebbe was a Rebbe. Now, you ask people, what's a Rebbe? You get all kinds of strange answers. But the correct answer is, a Rebbe is somebody who teaches people how to serve Hashem. Or to say it more precisely, a Rebbe is a person who teaches a person how to become attached to Hashem cannot be seen, Hashem cannot be heard, Hashem cannot be smelled or tasted or touched. And you need a Rebbe, a Nasi, a Tzadik, to teach you how to connect to Atma's Musa, which is what the Baal Shem taught to the Magid and the His Talmudim, or the Magid taught to the Alter Rebbe and the His Talmudim, or the Alter Rebbe taught to his followers how to serve the Eivishter, how to connect to the Eivishter, but in order to serve the Eivishter, and to connect to the Eivishter, you have to deal with the Yitzhahara. And this is what the Alter Rebbe did. He taught not everyday people. He taught big, big people, big Goinim, Rabbonim, Rashi Yeshiva, Malamdim, Shachtim, the elite of the Jewish world in Russia, how they could become attached to Hashem. Because as great as they were, the Alter Rebbe was their Rebbe. And in many cases, they were much older than him. But the Alter Rebbe was the Rebbe. And he taught them how to become attached to the Eivishter. And the way it worked was, Alter Rebbe Taki said, he taught Hasidus. But the teachings in those years were very short. They could be literally 30 seconds. And they were very scarce. It didn't happen every day. It happened infrequently. Dr. Rebbe would say a Torah. And a Hasid could live his whole life with one of these one-liners, one of these short little Torah, which are published. <laughs> you have the Sefer called Memoriyat Marazok and Aktsarim. Memoriyat Marazok and Tadat Harabzal. We have literally my modern that are a line long, two lines long, three lines. There was the whole Torah. And the Hasidim of the Alter Rebbe in those days were such great individuals that with a two-liner they could live for years. But then they had Yechidus. Yechidus means they went into the Alter Rebbe person to person, face to face. Nefesh with Nefesh, Ruach with Ruach, Neshama with Neshama, Chaya with Chaya, and Yechidah with Yechidah. And the Alter Rebbe told them their specific avoidance. Of us do the same 630 mitzvahs, but the Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe, as an expert of understanding the Shammah's soul, taught each chassid what is his mission and what is his avodah and how he should serve the Eivishter. And if you look in the Tanya, you'll see different counsel, different pieces of advice, and in that period, when the Alter Rebbe's following was unique, was elite and small, in the Rebbe's Rishimah, it says the Lashon, the Rebbe's involvement with his first followers, his first Talmudim, whom he had selected, like a child plays with his fingers. He was involved with them, not like a Rebbe and Hasidim, like a Malamid, like a first grade school teacher. And he was involved in the nitty gritty in the most intimate parts of their lives, and he brought them to a place of excellence in Avodah Hashem by the Alter Rebbe's standards of excellence, which is not a lot of fun to have to encounter. If to be a hostage, a Talmud, an Alter Rebbe, to be able to endure the, 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 the taxing expectations 
salvation, but the glorified reward, the glorious reward that came from it, that the Alter Rebbe's first Talmudim uh, committed themselves to. Each chassid had a personal yechidus, and if necessary, had a second, and if necessary, a third, to teach him how to serve Hashem. But this wasn't politics. It wasn't, I heard once from a Jew, that during the years that the Rebbe had yechidus, New York rabbonim, New York rabbis had a, a competition. Who could sit by the Lubavitcher Rebbe longer?
took all the counsel, all the ideas that he had been teaching in Yechidis privately. This chassid heard this pedig, and this chassid heard pedig lamin. And the other chassid heard pedig nun. That there's a yisein of ava kedish peyesh kisin azav ala kesef. Each chassid heard from Alter Rebbe what was their mission, what was their expectation, what was their mandate in this world. The Alter Rebbe started to teach the Tanya publicly. It means they take like all the counsel that he had given to all the different chassidim, but each chassid only heard one counsel that was necessary for him and to make it all public, to teach it to the masses. And on that day he said a maimed which encompassed the first three chapters of the Tanya and that maimed is published, you could read it in the original. It's amazing, but we have that first drush. The first three prakam of Tanya is printed you can read it and you can see it for yourself. The, the Tanya, not before it was printed, but the Tanya before it was written and the Tanya was spoken. And for the next two and a half years approximately until Shavuot Tafkot Nandais, periodically said to my modim, which would become the 53 prakam of the Tanya and the 12 prakam of the Shara Yichad Varmunah. And uh, he said it, and the wrote it down. And now the the intimate counsel, which the Alter Rebbe had been giving to this avoided to this chassid, this avoided to the other chassid, became public in the spoken form. After the Alter Rebbe had spoken the Tanya, it took him about two or three years to complete this rhetoric, this recital of the Tanya. The Alter Rebbe proceeded to write it down which is the third draft. Originally it was Yechidis, private council. Then it became Maimorim, Drushim, Ksavim. The Altarebbe's changed names periodically. And after he finished saying it, he started to write it. And it came out in copy form, in written form. They didn't have copy machines. They didn't have mass-produced typewriters. So the Altarebbe used to write it. And it was called Kuntres in pamphlets. Like Rashi's Pidish on the Shas, it's called Kuntres. Tal-Trebis Tanya was called Kuntres. Kuntres. It came out in pamphlets. One pamphlet had one painting, one pamphlet had two prokem, one pamphlet had three prokem, and so on. And Chsidim started to collect Kuntres. Every few weeks or so, Tal-Trebis gave out another Kuntres. And over the course of the next several years, Tafkuf Nun Gimel, Nun Dal, Nun Hay, 
And as a result, instead of 53 chapters, you have 51 chapters. I believe the Shariqah Zamun is 13 chapters because he considered the Khinakh Qatan, the Hagdam of the Shariqah Zamuna, as chapter 1. Aksidim started to learn and to copy this book. And naturally, you understand, copying is an inexact job, especially if you copy quickly. There's a whole business. The better copy is charged eight copics for a paydick. The not such good copy is charged six copics for a paydick. Whatever the case was, it was a business. And finally, the Altarebbe was forced to publish the Tanya. There were various factors. First of all, the repeated copying introduced new and new mistakes. What happens when you have mistakes? You try to fix them. What happens when you fix them? You make even more egregious mistakes. So the Tanya became who knows what. But more severely, more seriously, the Misnagdim deliberately forged it. They deliberately forged it. To make it appear that Ahmad al-Litzan, the is saying and writing in Yod under the There's a famous story about a Hasid who was in Leipzig and he found a fellow selling complete copies of the whole Tanya. Most Hasidim bought it one pamphlet at a time. A complete package, the whole deal, so he bought it. He took it home, he started studying it and he saw that there were deliberate errors. He went back to the salesperson who had 300 copies, 300 copies for sale, and he bought the whole lot, and he brought it to the Alter Rebbe, and he showed it to the Alter Rebbe, and the Alter Rebbe agreed to publish the Tanya. But before he published it, he rewrote the whole thing again. And this is the fourth draft of the Tanya. There's the Echidah's draft, there's the spoken draft in terms of my motive, the written draft, which was not for publication, which by the way, in 1981, that I ever published it, you can buy it in the bookstore, and you can compare the two Tanyas, the old Tanya and the new Tanya. On the one hand, they're very similar, on the other hand, they're very, very different. Now, Rebbe rewrote the Tanya with Akdama, the introduction became introduction, there were 53 chapters as opposed to 51, and so on and so forth. But the first Tanya that was published was only Lekut Yamarim, the first two sections. The Yerzachuvah wasn't added until several years later, eight years later or so, whatever, nine years later. That's right. Four steps. But before the Al-Trebbe agreed to print it, he wanted to have Haskamas. He wanted to have the approval of several people. In the Tanya, the Haskamas were two of his dear friends. I have two people who I love to my very core. These two great friends of the Al-Trebbe. And both of them wrote approvals in English is called approbations. The only thing I know about approbations is that anybody knows what the word means, but that's probably why they've chosen <laughs> that translation um, for the Tanya. They both wrote it in the same week, Pashas Tovesh Nas and then the Altrebbe gave permission to publish the Tanya. And of course, I told you the story that I wanted it ready for you. It was Kislev. It wasn't ready till Chav Kislev and so on. The rest is history. But there's also a story about a third Haskama, which I told you many times about a Tadek Nister named Karl who lived in Germany. Altrebbe sent a Chosset to him to get his Haskama. And he said... I think the Russian was he took the great God and he put him into a small book, but I could be wrong. It was a different expression. Let's take his arc. He he said something very very book, yeah, but that's the Badichevist quote. I forgot, he said something very, very powerful about the Tanya. Oh, yeah, yeah, what's Mashiach going to say? After this Sefer, very good. After this Sefer, what could Mashiach possibly add? <laughs> that's what he said. Very good. Um, 
the Alpharab gave the Tanya to print. The Tanya was printed in Tav Kuf Nun Zayin, 1796 the Tanya was printed. Two years later the Alpharab was arrested as we know, and the Alpharab would say that the two years paid of Avaid of learning and diving that came since the Tanya was printed till he was arrested stood him in good stead during his arrest. The Hayyim Yeh, which we're going to leave in Mitzvah for next Sunday, <laughs> talks about how the Tanya was published. I gave you a lot of background. We'll continue in Mitzvah next week. 